0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring.
1: By okay, one thing the game needs is more people like
2: you, you, you. Still have pro-man run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. Is Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. He. Here's Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Isn't baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball
1: Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. I think I've been pretty clear with people. I don't want to have the last month be a, like a send-off or, you know, a pity party or, you know, that's not how it feels. Um, but but I'm i it's time and my body's telling me that my head is telling me that and I don't want to stay on for the wrong reasons and and I I, too, I hope I have too much respect for not just the game but for this organization to do that and so I've been pretty clear with the guys I work for and told them to start preparing because it's time All right, yeah, it's time to appreciate Terry Franconi. You just heard him right there on MLB Network Radio. Certainly implied that this is going to be his final year. 23 years in the Major Leagues as a manager. Four years with the Phillies, eight years with the Red Sox, 11 years with Cleveland Indians slash Guardians. And, of course, two World Series titles with the Red Sox, 2004-2007. Made the epic run with the Indians in 2016. Just managing his ass off in that world series. And one of the best who has ever done it, I think no doubt about it, a hall of famer. And we are going to look at back at Terry Francona and and really look at a guy who not only had a lot of success, had the world titles, but also to me, a big part of it is he adjusted to the game. Like you go back into that clubhouse at any time and baseball changed the players changed but he adjusted to the game. All right, well anyway, we're going to have a lot of tributes I feel like to Terry Francona here as it winds down. But what we wanted to do to kick things off is I sat down with Kevin Cash, Kevin Cash, of course, the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays and and we look at a lot of guys who have played with or played for Terry Francona, who has managed or coached with Terry Francona. And Kevin Cash is a unique guy when it comes to that relationship. Obviously, the two are very, very close. Cash played with uh, under Francona with the Red Sox. And, but he also was hired by Cleveland to become the bullpen coach now you go back to what <clears throat> excuse me when cash was hired back then cash was a advanced scout for the toronto blue jays had no coaching experience but it was hired as the bullpen coach for cleveland and then off of that stand off of being mentored by terry francona got the interview with the rays the rangers before that but with the rays and got that job and So this is a guy who you're going to want to listen to when it comes to all the good in Terry Francona, the relationship building, how it feels to be mentored by the guy that we're talking about, the guy we're trying to honor today, which is Francona, and this baseball isn't boring on the go. All right, I sat down with Cash. Hope you enjoy it at bb isn't boring go listen to the great nick green talk about the best team and the best player in baseball the braves and acuna jr we dropped a little bit earlier today but we're, we, want, we want to keep the ball rolling we want to keep the momentum going and that is coming in the form of a conversation with kevin cash all right, just a couple guys talking about the old days. Um, all right, so Tito, we you know we don't know what exactly was going to happen, but I think it's time to appreciate him, and I think that both of us can appreciate, but you can appreciate him probably more than a lot of people that even I know. Um, the first question I would ask is sort of what makes him so special?
2: Just the way that he treats people, uh, the consistency that he comes with, the way that he goes out of his way to to check on his his players and the people that work for him on a daily basis. I I mean, I got to see it firsthand as a player, as a coach underneath him uh, you know, in Cleveland. And then also, you know, coaching and managing against him, that has brought another element that when something goes sideways, generally, he's the first person that calls and checks on me, and he doesn't have to do that, but our relationship has become so strong that I'd like to think we do that for each other.
1: That's pretty cool. When, when is a, do you remember the first time you met him? I mean, this is going
2: way back. Uh, first time... So I probably was seven spring training. Yeah. 07, yeah, I do remember. '07 spring training. Boston, they used to make us do these stupid uh, trials, like strength tests, to start spring training with. And we had to do these suicide runs. And I certainly wasn't in shape to, to do them. So I did my suicide run. I'm on my back, gasping for air. And he comes over and says, hi, Terry Francona. Um, I think he did it on purpose, knowing that, that I was clearly out of shape, and he was just rubbing in a little bit more, but getting to know him, and look, I didn't get to know him that well in that 07 spring training, but I got to watch him, and I saw how he interacted with a pretty star-studded lineup and team, uh, and it was really impressive to sit back and watch.
1: What's the thing, so there's obviously, as you know, there's different parts of being a manager, from the, in terms of managing a clubhouse, like you said, this that was an eclectic group, I mean, that was, yeah, it was, and so, so what did you take away of, like, how to manage a ton of different personalities especially bigger personalities
2: yeah um whew, that's a that's a kind of a loaded question look he he did everything he could to build the relationship and the trust with that individual and i think he had to get there differently probably 25 different ways cuz uh, that, like you said the characters of that 07 team as talented as they were there's no doubt there were challenges and when you're dealing with the superstar studded cast and you're trying to keep everybody happy and pulling in one direction, I can't think of a guy better to do it than him.
1: So in, in, then there's the in-game stuff. And As you sort of evolve as a manager, there's probably stuff that you think, oh, yeah, okay, I remember this happened or that happened. What do you remember sort of picking up from him the, as an in-game manager? That,
2: that kind of came a little bit more in the days with Cleveland, getting to coach with him and had the discussions after the game and being able to ask him questions and why did you do this, what were you thinking then? Uh, and there was ne- there's never any ego. He wanted to help and kind of th- at least teach his thought or give the best of reason as why he thought what, what the decisions were to help the club. You know, the, the Red Sox teams, while I was there, they, they kind of managed themselves. There wasn't a ton of pinch hitting. There wasn't a – it was the bullpens were set up. But in Cleveland, it was a different roster, and, and they were – the availability to make some of those decisions. And the questions that arose, I thought he handled about as well as anybody could
1: When you're coaching with him, what's the thing? Like, you see him in a different light, obviously. You get to go in the teacher's room, you're the substitute teacher, you're not the student anymore, right? So, Uh, what was that? I mean, was it like, oh, this is is a little different?
2: I saw, I think, a a very authentic version that as frustrated as he might be after a game or maybe coming in the next day the second that clubhouse opened how he could flip a switch and stay consistent to who he was whether it was players media uh front office personnel clubhouse guys you're not going to find many guys that don't have just raving things to say about tito and to do that you got to reach out to many people and he did
1: last thing, and I should have prefaced this sort of the interview by warning you, this because it's the your fav, one of your favorite Tito stories, so I will ask the question really slow, so you can think about it. Okay. You've had a lot of time with Terry Francona, and I'm sure you have a lot of stories to tell, but is there any one or two that jump out for you?
2: There's the kidding around story, stories and the laughing stories. Um, th- those will never go away, but just the getting the, the specifics I don't know if I could pinpoint one, but getting to spend all that time with him, whether it was riding to the ballpark, talking to him after games, going out to dinner, meeting up in the off season. I mean, that relationship has meant the world to me. So I think that stands at the forefront of anything.
1: You're floristy state, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm fascinated with the Deion Sanders, Terry Francona, like the coaching tree. I just—I don't know why I just thought of that, but I would love to get those two in a room. So anyway, all right.
0: Thank you. <laughs>